Hi everybody, welcome into the Irish NFL show presented by our friends over at Pundit Arena. Uh, yeah, we're very fortunate to be doing this in Ireland for a bit of crack, but we've got the main guy on from uh, UK and Ireland Sky Sports NFL coverage today, Neil Reynolds. Neil, pleasure to have you on, man. Always, uh, always good to chat with you guys. So thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been a busy, busy few weeks, um, but yeah, enjoying the playoffs. And we sort of said, I think I said it to Jeff Reinbold last night, Neil, when I was chatting to him, like, I don't know how you guys are doing it till four o'clock in the morning because I have fell asleep every night it's been on. It's not you, it's the game. I, I just, it's so hard to stay up, especially when it's on at such a, such a late time in the evening. Yeah, um, the the biggest challenge was Super Wildcard Weekend. I mean, there was it was great, but there's nothing super about it when it got to half <laughs> time of the Browns and Steelers. It was, it was like... So it was really great to have all those games back to back. But from a logistics point of view, you know, we are, somebody sent me a tweet last week and said, oh, what do you do between when you're on air? You can't be sat on that sofa. It doesn't look very comfortable. And I'm like, no, no, we really are. We just literally sat there watching the game nonstop. You know, we don't get up. We don't go, you know, we might kind of stretch our legs, but obviously we're trying to, we have to social distance from each other in the studio. So we don't kind of get too close. So even if we stretch our legs, we're very limited. Um, and for me, I was, I'm being sort of very careful. Um, you know, my wife was shielding for a little while, so we're being really cautious. So I'm not, I didn't stay in a hotel even. So I, we finished at like four, four thirty, four forty-five on the Sunday morning. So I drive home. It's about an hour and a half away. So I get home about six fifteen, slept until twelve thirty, quickly ate some lunch, which Will Blackman didn't approve of, um, and then went straight back into the studio and did it again until like 6.30 Monday morning. So it was like, then I, then I kind of felt like I had jet lag for a few days because I was waking up in the middle of the night. We were, body clocks were all over the place. Um, so it wasn't actually then back, this divisional round doing just two games Saturday, two games Sunday was an absolute breeze. Um, but it's been, it's been so much fun the whole season. I think... This year, more than ever, and I, you know, I'll probably feel the pain of it when we get to Super Bowl because we're not going out to the Super Bowl. We're just in London. Um, but this year, more than ever, I've kind of really appreciated it. Actually, Sunday's the only day I get out of the house. Um, and I feel like as a community, we kind of all come together and everyone actually needs it. So it's actually nice to be a distraction from all the rubbish that's going on. So, um, yeah, I've really, really enjoyed this season. Yeah, it has been a, a kudos to the league for, you know, play, getting it all uh, going. I mean, uh, who back in April, everyone had questions, but they they have made everything work and it has been great. Neil, as Michael said, you are the, the face of uh, the NFL on Sky, a famous face. But and for some newer viewers, they all they will know is is, is Neil on Sky. But you you put in the, the hard work and the graft. Um, for people who aren't so familiar with your story, could you share a little bit about how you came to be where you are today? Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, I'd probably done 20 years of writing before I became the main anchor of Sky Sports. So I, I was a journalist by trade. So um, back in 91, I, I wrote to First Down newspaper. I was just, just out of college, didn't go to university, didn't really want to do anything other than write about the NFL. So I and wrote to First Down and asked if I could do some work experience with them. Um, they said yes, so I did a week's work experience um, and that turned into kind of a freelance writing gig. Um, then I went away and studied the craft, if you will, was a local newspaper reporter, you know, doing all the 
flower shows and village fates and all of that stuff. Um, and then 97 to 2000 was when I first worked full-time uh, on the NFL. I worked for first down full-time as a writer, went from there to NFL Europe um, and worked, um, looked after their websites, oversaw their websites, worked on public relations, uh, and then started doing on and off bits of Sky, sort of Monday nights, through the nights, all the overnight stuff that Nick and Kev didn't want to do. Um, and yeah, then uh, BBC Radio for a couple of years and then Sky full-time from 2011, uh, working alongside Kev. And then, yeah, what was it? 2017 season took over as the um, main host. So yeah, it was a long journey, but I, I was a journalist by trade and a writer by craft and, uh, but only ever wanted to write about the NFL, really. And uh, Neil, one of the stories I always found very amusing, you know, at the end of the day, you're a fan like the rest of us, was the fact that you uh, went to uh, some games during your honeymoon. I, I managed to bring my wife to Vegas on, on my honeymoon. But uh, do you want to tell us about how, how that came about? Was it orchestrated? Oh, yeah, it was all part <laughs> of it all the time. <laughs> it was always, was always going to be that way. Um, yeah, so we went to um, we went to see the Cardinals play the Bucks in the old um, Tampa Bay Stadium, 97. Bucks won that game. Uh, and then the next week drove down, we were staying in Orlando doing all the theme parks and everything. Uh, the next week drove down to um, Miami, uh, watched Dan Marino and the Dolphins uh, beat Kansas City uh, and then drove back the same night. So, yeah, it was always planned. I mean, my wife used to come and watch me play when I played. My wife used to um, you know, come to Monarchs games with me in, in London. So pretty much since we started going out with each other, she was watching and watching American football, watching NFL, and um, yeah, now she no, she never was that bothered about me getting hurt when I played, um, but she watches very differently now. Our son plays; she has a much more vested interest in his safety than she did in mine. Jesus, Neil, I, I got my wife to go to one London game, and the following year of the London game, she said. Uh, I'm going to go to the West End if you don't mind, actually, instead. So, um, <laughs> good try, though. Yeah, it was a good try. You obviously worked some magic there to, to, to get that on your honeymoon and fair play. But uh, I think I've learned something already. We need to get Sky to get you a driver during Wildcard Weekend, probably going forward. Been there, been there, done that. Without naming uh, driving companies, I don't know if it's a budget thing, but I've had, so I've had drivers that, well, Two years ago, I had one who went about 15 miles down the wrong motorway. Um, and then I woke up and I was like, where are we going? He was like, I'm taking you to Brighton. And I was like, no, I live in Kent. So let's get this sort of fixed. Uh, we've had, um, I've had drivers who've taken me from the fast lane to the hard shoulder in about three seconds where they're falling asleep at the wheel. Um, and I've had drivers stop to put their hubcaps back on their car because they're falling off after a game at Tottenham. So um, I'll drive myself, thanks. Fair enough. Fair enough. I get that. But look, you you tell us about Super Wildcard Weekend and probably a bit of a bit of a rough night, it sounds, and obviously a bit of a long session. But, you know, you used to play the game. You're a, 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 a notable Dolphins fan, obviously seeing the better side of things there uh, now with the Dolphins. And obviously, with your trips to the US, you got to meet lots of players. You got to meet lots of probably legends of the game. Is there any particular favourite NFL experience that stands out to you? Or something that kind of went, whoa, I can't believe I'm here now with X, for example. Um, yeah, I mean, these, these questions are always quite difficult. And they're great ones. I always ask the same one because you want to get that insight. But you think, well, they've probably done quite a few things. So, And there are quite a few things. Um, 
I guess the one which where I pinch myself the most would be when I went out to Joe Montana's house in San Francisco, because you just send off these speculative, like, you know, emails asking for stuff, you know, and, you, and even people like Peter King would say, you know, you get turned down 90% of the time. So you just try, you know, the same way earlier this year, I emailed the Packers, can I have a one-on-one -on -one with Aaron Rodgers? And they said, yes. And I was like, oh, right. Okay. I wasn't expecting that. I'll better get on and get some questions ready. Um, but I emailed Joe Montana's agent. I'd, I'd done a couple of things with Joe before, um, but not huge amounts. Um, and then they were like, yeah, yeah, you can do a one-on-one -on -one with Joe. Um, just come out to San Francisco. And I was out there for the training camp anyway and drove up to San Francisco. And they were like, yeah, yeah, just go to Joe's house. So we're like, sit, I'm sitting in Joe Montana's uh, film room. He's got like a home cinema. And then he's like taking me on the tour. He's like, oh, there's my swimming pool, you know, my indoor pool and this. I'm like, I'm in Joe Montana's house. He's <laughs> still watching on telly. It's like, and you just, because I am, as, as Brian said, I'm a fan. You know, I'm, I'm a fan, same as you guys, same as everyone. I think you, even if you're a, even if you're a general manager or a coach or, you know, a journalist, it all comes from a love of the game. And so that, that was quite weird to be in Joe Montana's house uh, chatting about his career. I definitely know the pain of emailing people trying to get them on a show. We, we've been very lucky. I woke up one morning there and uh, Mark told me to email Peter King for the crack and it worked. But uh, you definitely have that hope and sometimes you, you get it back and it works. But yeah, definitely jealous of that Montana story. Neil. Um, look, you've been involved with the NFL in some capacity for ages and you've got so many memories. But is there one Super Bowl, I guess, which stands out to you as, 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 a, as a favourite, maybe from one that you've attended? You've been to the vast majority of them over the last 10 years at least, so... Yeah, I would say again. The I think the one with the uh, where the Eagles beat the Patriots, so what fifty two, um, just because it was such a wild game. You know, over eleven hundred yards of offense, hardly saw the punters. Um, you had the whole Nick Foles drama. Brady wouldn't go quietly away. You know, he's throwing for five hundred yards. Um, that was really good. It was at the end of a really good week as well. It was just a really different week with it being in uh, Minneapolis. It was absolutely freezing. Um, I got most of my enjoyment that week from just watching Jeff Reinbold suffer. Jeff's a flip-flops and shorts man. And seeing Jeff in Minneapolis, we did the zip wire across the river. Um, and it was like the river's completely frozen. And Jeff's properly getting angry. He's like, not angry at the zip wire, not angry at the queue, angry at people who generally chose to live in Minneapolis. He just was like angry at all people who lived in Minnesota because it was so cold. He's like got snot that's freezing under his nose. His eyebrows have got ice on them. I mean, it was actually the coldest I've ever been as well. And um, I think Super Bowl Sunday, it was about minus 20 outside. And they, I always do like an opening link somewhere away from the studio. So like Miami last year, it was on the rooftop with the beach behind us, beautiful. In Minneapolis, they're like, oh yeah, you need to go out side and do the link in front of the stadium i was like yeah cool you're like yeah you need to do the link wearing the same just the suit that you're going to wear in the studio so i was like seriously so we go outside and the cameraman first of all the cameras don't work it's so cold out there the cameras broke the tripod fell off one of the cameraman's legs uh, off the tri the leg fell off his tripod his leg didn't fall off that would have been a different story but the tripod leg fell off um 
So they, they, we, we get ready to do it. I've got this big Parker jacket on. And in the end, the producer had a moment of sympathy and just said, just do it in your coat. So it's like the opening link to that Super Bowl is me all bundled up like I'm going across the Arctic. And then um, we had a great game. So, yeah, it was a really special one. Neil, I can definitely, I spend most Thanksgivings in Minnesota, so uh, I know what Minnesotan winters can be like, but that stadium is absolutely phenomenal. And the difference from going outside to going inside, where it, it, it is Jeff Reinbold's kind of temperature once you, uh, you go in there. Um, I suppose one of the interesting things this year, interesting in that it, it was obviously without the international games, it's hugely disappointing, but it feels that even without them, it feels like the game continues to grow and become increasingly popular. And I'm just interested, I suppose, in, in your take on, on the continued growth of the, the NFL in Ireland and the UK. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've said to you guys before, I think the, you know, the passion for the sport in, in the UK. And I do include Ireland in that, you know, I've done the NFL UK live stage shows. And, you know, we go on stage at 7.30. I got dropped off outside in Dublin at 3.30 and there was like a queue of about two or 300 people already, you know, four hours before it's going to begin. So I do always include kind of Ireland in that. I do, I do think it's growing. Um, you know, I think, I think the fact that there's nothing else to do right now. And so I think everyone is coming together on a, on a Sunday night. I think it is a real community. Um, I feel like we all need it. And I think even without the London games, it's still, still taking a step further on. Um, like this year, like our playoff numbers have been, been incredible. So our numbers this divisional weekend just gone, uh, we're about 45, 50% higher than the same weekend last year. And last year was a record compared to the previous year. So every year it kind of seems to go up. You know, the Browns-Chiefs game um, was the second most watched game we've ever had on Sky Sports on a play in the playoffs. More than any Super Bowl, more than any, more than any of the, the other championship games outside of the, um, I think it was the Jags and Patriots won a couple of years back. And that's because the Jags have quite an interest here now. And it was the Patriots. But yeah, everything seems to be going in the right direction, continues to grow. And, you know, the, game, the games will be back. As soon as life's back, then the games will be back. And, Neil, just on the games themselves, obviously four games cancelled this year, four games that were played last year. But very early on in the international series, there was always conversations that were potentially, when it does become a second game or a third game, they would be played potentially in Europe, maybe some other stadiums within the UK. That really hasn't materialised. There seems to be a full focus on London and potentially obviously the Jaguar conversation you know, maybe one day they will you know revamp from Jacksonville and move to London do you think we'll get to a stage where it will not be just London and we might see different parts of the UK or potentially Europe I certainly think that'd be you know a possibility down the road I think the the other parts of the UK will be um much further down the road because I think the NFL has a kind of comfort level with with London they've got two stadiums that are kind of really pushing themselves to the NFL. Um, and obviously you've got all that kind of platform of it being London when you're selling that game back to New York or LA. Um, so I don't know, you know, whether it's Dublin, Edinburgh, Manchester, I don't know if those will happen anytime soon. Um, but I think Germany will happen soon. I think there'll be a real emphasis to get back to Germany. Um, you know, I think I, I felt that Germany would have, been really unlucky not to have had a game by now you know and they probably felt that they were unlucky to lose NFL Europe um, just great fans over there they really are tremendous supporters so I think 
I think we'll see continued growth of the London games. I think we'll see Germany being brought into the mix in Europe. And, and then who knows after that, because I think then you've really got that opportunity. You know, you've, you've laid the foundation. Then you can go somewhere else and, and, and play other games. A weekend away drinking German beer sounds fantastic. Oh, yeah, I'll be up for that. I used to love it. Fantastic. Did anyone, I mean, I don't know if any of you guys went to NFL Europe games that in Germany, they were, that they were, I used to travel every, every kind of Saturday, I'd go out for a game. So I'd fly out Saturday morning, fly back Sunday morning. Um, they, they were brilliant. They're just an absolute bonkers stadium filled with drunk Germans. When NFL Europe folded, wasn't it the five of the six teams were German teams at that stage? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah probably skewed. Probably skewed a bit too much that way, but um, they do love their American football, and yeah. I think they deserve to have a game that we do. And, and I'm jealous that I've missed all this, to be honest. Like, I've just missed this by over 10 years, this whole NFL Europe experience. <laughs> I mean, Dublin would be great, I'm not going to lie. Like, but, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, that's that's also where play people like Bjorn Werner and Sebastian Vollmer and Seabass, obviously, kind of got their passion for, obviously went through the college system in the US, but they saw NFL Europe games as well as the NFL and kind of were stimulated and thought of it as a viable option. Yeah, it was, um, um, it was very, very entertaining. I mean, very, uh, very colourful fans, I would say. Um, I'm not sure how much they would remember about the games the next morning. Let's <laughs> I don't worry, Neil. We know, we know Dublin is an easier sell to the US market with Ambassador Rooney, Ambassador Johnson, things like that. And we've got a better stadium with Croke Park. Stadiums. Anyway, so. You got the stadiums? You all like a beer? Yeah. <laughs> So it's all it's all sort of don't worry we're we're not greedy you know Packers Bears or something like that Patriots Jets we'll, we'll, we'll any game you like we'll, we'll we'll sell it out don't worry um but but on a, a slightly serious side uh, you you mentioned about obviously fans around the rest of uh, the UK fans around Ireland obviously and you talk about the road shows you've done before obviously well, I think we all went to the road shows when you used to do them you did them in the convention center in in Dublin before and you go up to Scotland you go uh, all around the place but. COVID, obviously, you can't do the road shows at the same token. People just can't travel. Is there any thoughts or plans in the mix for the off-season about, you know, different things to pull on for the fans or connect for the fans across Ireland as well as the UK? Um, I think at, at the moment, the, the, the kind of next thing we've, we've, we've certain, certainly sort of planned to upgrade our kind of online versions of, of the NFL UK Lives. We did, a, one, we did one in August. We did one... Um, few weeks after that um sort of mid-season one um and so i know nfl uk have been working on the technical side of that so we'll have one during super bowl week um which we, i know they haven't announced yet so i've just might just announce that um so we'll we'll do that and we'll try and have a few more of those i mean i think that's the best way we can kind of connect at the moment is to to do things like this and bring players in and let people kind of watch and ask questions um i do hope that we get back we kind of had stopped them just before the the kind of lockdown anyway we missed a kind of cycle where we would have been out and around and about and i hope they come back because um you know i think they are uh vital for reaching out to fans i think they are not, not just reaching out to fans and they're, they're a great fan service because what like you said we've not had a game in dublin but at least we can bring the nfl to dublin we've not had a game in belfast we've not had a game in uh, Edinburgh or Glasgow, United Game in Cardiff. We go to all these places where we haven't had a game. And, and most of the time, the NFL is asking you to come to London. So I think it's only right that we go out of London and take the NFL around. So I do hope it comes back. Um, and, and look, I've, I've managed to get a lot of 
a lot of really good contacts out of that. Peter King decided to come on and be a part of our stuff on Sky because of uh, because of being on one of the road shows. You know, Josh Norman came on the Super Bowl because of that. We got two Super Bowls out of him. You know, I worked with Rob on these, um, and Rob's become a regular on Sky. So I think it's you know Cliff Averill, another one from the from the road shows. Um, there's a there's a benefit to the NFL as well, you know, and to Sky, and 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 a benefit to the fans. So. I definitely hope they come back. Um, I'll be pushing for it. Well, two things with Neil really quickly. So, A, thank you for the exclusive scoop there on that first bit. But but uh, secondly, don't worry, by the way, when you do go back to the roadshows, just say you know us. We'll get you across the border safe and the rest of Europe and everything. We know it might be a bit of a trouble with that blue passport now. But, you know, we'll, I'll we'll take you up in Belfast and we'll, we'll drive you down. Don't worry. That's Fantastic. My, my favourite, um, one of my favourite ever uh, moments of an NFL UK Live was uh, where we did one in Belfast and uh, just it was a Christmas one with Dallas Clark, Sean, Jeff. And uh, we were just about to go on and uh, Jeff said, so am I, am I in Ireland or Northern Ireland? And I was like, <laughs> okay, well, so I kind of explained. He's like, is there a difference? I was like, Jeff, you might want to just bone up on your history a little bit before you <laughs> go on stage and start talking about absolutely no difference between the two. Of course, as soon as I got on stage, I told that story to everyone. I dropped Jeff a minute straight. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a famous <laughs> story. So, <laughs> I actually heard about that like maybe the day after because we we were all down in the Dublin one and I couldn't get to the Belfast one because of work and it was funny. I actually I can remember somebody told me about it. Uh, even jumping back on what you said there, Neil, about Sky Sports and obviously the NFL UK and stuff. Not just yourself, but Sky's coverage of the NFL has came a long way. Not just in the last five, well, the last twenty five years, but the last few years, the huge difference. And now this this channel and the fact that I can work from home and watch Good Morning Football for a start is incredible. Uh, you know, it's a 25-year relationship. How, how do you see the next five years and, I guess, beyond going further in, in, in that partnership? So I think one of the things that I've worked on a lot when I came in as the presenter and I've worked very closely with the producer, Alex Mason, we talked about having more voices on the show. You know, I think we're on air for a long time. We're on air for, uh, you know, eight or nine hours, even on a regular Sunday. So you know, there's more than enough time for everyone to get their points across. Let's hear from as many people as possible. That's why we got the uh, around the NFL podcast guys involved. We obviously we've got our staples like Jeff, Sean, um, Rob Ryan. Um, but you know, with these playoffs, we're trying to we're trying to bring more people in. So we've got you know we have Baldy. We're going to have Cliff Averill. You know, we're hoping to bring a couple more special guests in for the Super Bowl. Um, so I think. And, and actually, in a way, this year, because people, it's become more acceptable to see people on Zoom or com contributing remotely, that's kind of opened up now a chance for us to say, okay, well, now we can be, you know, even more creative. You get Warren Moon on, you know, you get Merrill Hodge. And, and, and so I think I've tried to use a lot of my contacts to, to sort of drive that forward. Um, I think Sky are very open to that, you know, that we want to bring as much coverage as we can and as many voices as we can into the show. Um, and actually those that have joined, have said, oh, you know what? I wish this format was here in, in America because in America they do a pregame show, then it's just a halftime show and then a postgame show. They're not on all the time. And um, so I think actually, you know, although we probably get used to it here, you know, in America, you just would be watching the game and you know, it's like in the middle of the night when we're not in the studio, it's like commercial break. Commercial. There was a couple of games this year where they were doing the 
the way they got rearranged and they were on at 10 o'clock on a Monday night. I'm going to get in trouble for saying this tonight. But I was watching it. I was like, oh, Christ, another commercial break. I don't know if I can watch this. This is doing my head in. I was hearing my voice doing the NFL Shop Europe promo. <laughs> again. I was like, oh, for God's sake, shut up. I think, um, I think that was the Steelers-Washington game on the uh, the Monday at 10 o'clock. I, oh, remember reading your, I remember reading your tweet going, God, I'm getting tired of that voice on the television. Who's right. that? <laughs> yeah, so, so I think look, we're trying to bring as many different voices into our coverage. And I think the thing I want to look at really now we've got a channel is, um, you know, creating our own programming as well. It's great. We need to have good morning football. We need pro football talk. Um, but I think we should put our stamp on it as well. So we'll be working to do that as well. We'll be, you know, we, we did a few of the Neil Reynolds meets, which is basically an extension of my podcast. So we did the Fishing with Fitz one. We did Lamar Jackson. Um, but we'll look at doing more of that, more documentaries, um, and just putting our stamp on it as well as the great stuff that's coming from America. Neil, you, you mentioned, um, I suppose we we're talking about Sky Sports and, and you, you mentioned him earlier on, but obviously the, the late great uh, Kevin Cadel, um, you, 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 get, you know, you made a, a kind of a touching um, dedication after the, the Bills first playoff win. Um, I suppose two, two things, was that something that, that just struck you in, in the moment and or, what, you know, um, because obviously Kevin, you'd worked with Kevin and you talked about his mentorship. Um, some of your favorite memories of, of Kevin? Um, so yeah, the uh, the thing I would say is that it wasn't planned. It was, it, I kind of thought about it driving in that night. It was like, wow, Buffalo win, it's gonna be so cool. Kev would have loved that, you know? And so it was, it was in the back of my mind. And then it did just literally just come to me as we were, I looked in the studio and I was, there was all the guys up on the big screen this side and then there was Jeff and Sean. So I was reintroducing everyone and I was like saying all their names. And as I was saying, it, I was like, do you know what? There's somebody who's not here who would have absolutely loved that. So then it just popped in. I didn't know it was going to go viral and stuff, but um, yeah, it was fun. Uh, Kev's, Kev's memory, my favorite memories of Kev are kind of things where we're just laughing in the studio, mostly where something's gone wrong. And I think it taught me a lot of that about how it's not really you don't have to take yourself all that seriously, you know, and I think he was great at that. Um, there was uh, one very early overnight uh, where Kev had, um, Kev had forgotten to, our earpieces used to connect into our chairs then. They didn't have radio packs on your back. And Kev had unplugged his thing to go to the bathroom, come back and never plugged it back in. So he stood up peeling an orange and eating bits of a satsuma, I think it was as they cut back to us live, because they had been telling him, we're coming back to you live, and he couldn't hear because he hadn't plugged himself in. And they just suddenly cut to me, and it was only about my third or fourth show, and I was like a rabbit in the headlights. Kev suddenly, oh, and he had jeans on, because he used to wear jeans underneath, and suit and suit and tie on top. Um, so that was one funny one. There was a, there's a whole bunch of different things like that, but you know, he was so warm, so friendly, and we honestly used to just sit watching the games pretty much how we do. We try and have that vibe anyway. We watch it like we're mates. We watch it like you're watching it at home. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, – I'm actually rooting for his bills to go all the way. I'll give him another shout-out. Got one more at least. Neil, can I just ask your thoughts on the breaking news that Philip Rivers has retired 17 seasons? He's actually the quarterback with the most touchdowns and most wins um, who never went to a Super Bowl. So, I mean, he set little records of his own. And uh, obviously now the talk will be potentially around 
Wentz potentially going to the Colts because obviously it seems to make sense for Frank Reich being there, having been the coordinator in, in Philadelphia. Just your overall thoughts on the whole situation there. Um, yeah, Rivers one of the nicest guys you'll ever wish to meet. A um, couple of interactions with him. I interviewed him in training camp uh, in the summer, what was that, 2018, when they came over and played at, at um, Wembley. And um, he was so good. And we finished the interview and then he was doing all this kind of autographs for the fans and stuff. And there was this kind of little kid who was with his grand, grandma and he couldn't get close enough to Philip Rivers. And Rivers was just about to get on the bus and the PR guy kind of mentioned this little kid to Rivers. So I was walking with him and uh, he just went jogging back and spent about five minutes with this kid. Um, and that's who he was. I did a fan event with him in, um, uh, in London, at Wembley the day before the game, but it was a really small one and it was mostly for, for Facebook. Um, and there were a couple of fans who were waiting outside about an hour to meet Philip Rivers just as he walked out to get on the bus. He walked out, he spent 20 minutes with him. Just, just sat there, where are you from? You looking forward to the game? And he was a class, class act. I think he got let down a lot by the Chargers um, with what they put around him, specifically what they put in front of him. Um, so yeah, he was one of the good guys. Neil, you, you mentioned it actually just, you mentioned the NFL show in Belfast. I remember the NFL show you did in Dublin when you had Earl Thomas on and Earl Thomas was almost announcing to the world as like, you know, Jerry Jones, call my agent type of thing when he was trying to foist through his way out of the Seahawks. We were, I remember him being in the crowd of that and we were all looking at each other and saying, did he just say what I think he said? So, you know, you, you get those great moments. Um, but actually in terms of great moments, we've commented it on the show many times. There are some times you see, superhuman beings doing superhuman things almost. I mean, sometimes NFL players can make you feel very, very mortal. Uh, we had that great week, I think it was week 13, where you had about four one-handed interceptions, yeah. for example, and you were just like, oh my God. I mean, you know, Brian's a Giants fan. They're far better than that nonsense that Odell Beckham did one day, for example. <laughs> but in your trips, especially around like training camps, when you're seeing these guys in practice and you probably get a bit more access than the average fan to, is there anything that stands out or anything you saw that you were kind of going, you know, yes, I, I, I used to play a bit of wide receiver and I feel very, very mortal and very, very tiny right now. So there's a couple of examples just spring to mind. One, I was at training camp with the Jets uh, in New Jersey and uh, quarterback, I can't even remember who threw the pass, threw a pass into the end zone. And this receiver made a low dive in away, one-handed catch. I mean, you, most of your one-handed catches are kind of up here. He was almost on his on his side and caught this one-handed catch. It defied gravity. It defied logic. And so I looked down at the depth chart and looked at the, and I was like, he's the fourth receiver. He was like the fourth or fifth receiver. Or it might have actually even been the fourth or fifth line on the depth chart. Do you know what I mean? He was bottom of the roster. And first, so first of all, that made me think, that's a bottom of the roster guy. Look what he's doing. So it just reminds you of the standard. But in terms of the overall uh, somebody to make you feel like an inferior human being, go and stand next to Derek Henry. Oh my God. <laughs> I stood next to Derek Henry. Well, I interviewed him later that day, um, but I was watching him practice and he, he was practicing. He wears these, he takes his game pants in training camp and he kind of cuts them off above the knees. So he just looks like he's in these sort of long cycling shorts. He's like a racehorse, like an absolute thoroughbred. <laughs> he just looks the most impressive athletic specimen and he looks like a defensive end and you think well i know how you run 
but how you look is another thing. So yeah, Derek Henry's the one for me, just incredible. Oh uh, yeah, I never forget standing like at a game and you're like at the side of the field and the, the size of them or like I I never felt so small. But here, look, Neil, you've been very generous for your time, man. Just one final thing. Uh, this is going on Saturday, so obviously two huge games tomorrow, obviously. Championship games. Anything that like, you know, I'm presuming both games are incredible, but you're talking about the Bills there and, and Kevin Cadle. Any predictions ahead of it or anything that you want to maybe bless us with your knowledge? So I I uh, going into the playoffs, I picked the Bills to win it all, and I picked the Bills to beat the Packers. So I'm going to stick with that. Um, it's all dependent on how how fit Mahomes is, right? And and how um, how how much he's able to put you know, Chiefs in position to score. But I like the Bills. I like Josh Allen. I think they've got something special going on. The fact their defense showed up last week was a really encouraging sign. Um, and then I think in the NFC, the Packers are kind of humming now. They're like a well-oiled machine. If you're putting up nearly 500 yards against that Rams offense, um, and we've not really paid as much attention to Rodgers and the Packers as some of the other teams around the NFL this year, you know, I think you're in pretty good shape. But that's um, doing that dangerous thing of writing off Tom Brady, who, by the way, and we're going to talk about this in our show on Sunday night on Sky. I said, what's the first thing we have to talk about when we talk about this Bucks and Packers game? It's not the... It's not the X's and O's for a minute. We have to do that big picture stuff because it's incredible when you think about it. Brady is 60 minutes from a 10th Super Bowl appearance. And this is only going to be the 55th Super Bowl. He's played in nearly a fifth of all Super Bowls. It's incredible. He's only had 19 full seasons. If you take out his rookie year where he threw three passes, his 2008 season where he didn't get past week one. So that's 19 seasons. And he's reached 14 conference championships. It's incredible. And I said to the guys on our production meeting this week, I said, of course he was going to get to the championship game. If you think about the Bucks, three straight losing seasons. They've had nine losing seasons out of their last 11 years. Brady rocks up, NFC championship game. It's incredible. Having said all that, I'm picking the Packers. And I'm going to say the Buffalo Bills win it. Oh, man. Yeah, like, I think like, time's going to tell. It's going to be... It's going to be a crazy weekend, but I'm just blessed that 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 that, that AFC Championship game starts at like one o'clock, isn't it? Or eleven forty? Eleven forty. That was bad. Listen, you sleep sleep in February. I yeah, we got nothing to do from February the eighth onwards. You know, I've got I, I mean, I've got nothing to do. I don't know what I'm Neil, the worrying thing is, I'm forty two and I can manage to stay up for the games. And Colin and Mark aren't too far behind me. Michael's only 29 and he's following. Neil, Neil, we go live every Sunday morning out to Pundit Arena at 9am, right? Now, here's a, like, you know, Jeff Rainbow's coming on tomorrow, folks. Come on at 9am live. But this, 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 that, that, that last Sunday morning, Neil, after the game on the Saturday night, I, it was just, and you've got a hundred or something people watching it at once commenting. You're like, uh, yeah, just. Michael, you know, um, so sometimes Mike Tomlin will say there are no excuses. <laughs> Let me give you let me give you just a brief 24 hours from last year's playoffs. So I got up at 5:30 in the morning on the Saturday morning. I drove my son and two of his teammates to Great Britain training in Bristol. So that's a three-hour drive for me. Sat in a car park all day, drove back to Sky, dropped my son off at the tube station at seven o'clock, went into Sky, worked till 5:15, slept at about six, got up the next day, did the playoffs again. Come on, man, you can do it. Pro, a pro. Uh, well, I mean, I think I'm just glad there's no game. So suck it up, Michael. Basically, but, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, 
I, w- I will do my best to suck it up and hopefully Neil, hopefully Jeff Rainbow can give us his uh, opinions tomorrow as well. But Neil, I'll tell you what, man, it's, it's been a pleasure, uh, not just on our part here, but fans across Ireland, across obviously the rest of the UK as well. So thanks so much, man, for your time. I hope you have a good Sunday night and take care ahead of the Super Bowl. Definitely appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Neil. Thank you.